Broadcasting from Oklahoma, the tornado capital of the world, home of the Oklahoma City Thunder and the University of Oklahoma Sooners. This is the Curated Experience Show, a weekly podcast about the customer experience with viewpoints you will not hear anywhere else. And now your host, author, and customer experience expert, Amas Tanuma. Welcome to the Curated Experience. I am your host, Amas Tanuma. From the barbecue capital of the world and home of Elvis Presley, please welcome your co-host, Bob Furness. And from the tornado capital of the world, home of the Oklahoma Sooners, here's your co-host, Amas Tanuma. All right. Welcome to the show. We are... Uh, for all of our listeners, we're doing something a little bit different today. We are broadcasting live from Chicago at the ICMI Connections event. I've got Bob here live in person with me. Usually we do this over the phone. Uh, we've got a large studio audience here with us, and uh, we'll take questions and we'll have a great conversation. So, Bob, happy to be here. How are you? Um, fantastic. Thank you for the opportunity. All right, so let's let's jump right in. So we are here in a contact center customer experience event, and if I think about how far we've come, there was a time you had to convince companies and brands about customer experience, about customer service, about the contact center, and it's gone mainstream, right? Uh, even the United States Post Office now has a customer experience initiative, right? How did we get here? How did we go from where you had to convince people to now customer experience is just mainstream? Well, I, I, I think we went through some moments in time that were pretty significant in the industry. We went through, remember when IBRs were gonna be, there weren't gonna be any more contact centers? Remember when the first time you let somebody send an email, for the first time they hit a button and sent something in black and white to a customer and you're like, everyone was freaking out. And now, it's just another, just another, uh, channel right we, we don't we're not afraid of it anymore in fact we're trying to figure out how to make it go away uh, in today's digital world remember when social I remember the first time I spoke about social was at an ICMI event I think it was in Seattle it was like 12 8 9 10 12 years ago and everybody was fearful of what the customer was going to own your brand and by the way they do own your brand and if you're not paying attention to social they're probably saying something about your brand. How many people in here have uh, customer service is the owner of the social world in some way in your contact center? How many people is it owned by marketing? Yeah. About so, a third. About, about a, third, a third and a third of the audience and about yeah. a third, yeah. So there were these moments in time, but most recently we've all been trying to figure out this omni-channel scenario. And we could spend an entire session talking about Omnichannel. Um, but the, the reality, Amas, is, is that for the first time, it feels like customer service is more important than it's ever been in, in, in the companies. Right. When, I, when I walk into companies that are at the, at the basics, at the foundational level of customer service, they are not necessarily the ones who have said we have to fix customer service. Right. The organization has said we have to fix customer service. So I, I, I think that the, the true meaning of customer experience is owning your brand, right. like being able to own the brand. And so in customer service, what we're finding is the bigger organization is saying 
we have to get better at service. And so here's this opportune time right. for us to step into a into a gap and go, let me tell you what's really happening with the customer. So 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 talk a little bit about that transition. So I I remember a time when I, I think about it as the industrialization of service, right? So it was this idea that you had customer service and it was inefficient, right? So it was all about how do we get it more efficient? And that's what brought us things like the famous IVR, I, I, I call some of them jail cells, right? So you build them so that people can't leave. Uh, and, and all of that was driven not by malice, but by this idea that I need to be efficient. So I will frustrate you, Mr. Customer, because I'm going to force you to use this channel. Yep. And then we did email, and you had these awful templates, right? Where you'll send these very sterile emails to customers that lacked any emotion because you wanted to be you know, be efficient. You, you didn't, you, let's be honest, you didn't trust your agents. <laughs> right, right, right. You didn't, you, didn't, you didn't trust them. And so, so now I feel like we're, we're, we're making a turn, right, where sure efficiency still matters, but finally it seems like we are at this place where because marketing cares about service now, because other parts of the organization is now starting to realize, man, we have to focus on this. The game is changing a little bit. What's that opportunity when you've spent all of your life, right? All about efficiency and now it seems to be turning. Well, What's we, the opportunity? We went from a cost center to what everyone started talking about was a profit center. And so we tried to figure out how do we monetize what we do in customer service, right. which is still valid. It's still something that we should strive for. But in my mind, because marketing is looking at us and because because we own more data on the customer than marketing owns, right. all of a sudden we have a seat at a table that we had to nudge our way into before. And so what we have to be able to do is to push back data, push back information, push back the voice of a customer in a way that validates that we are important in the organization. Uh, again, they're, they're coming to us and saying, it's got to get better because right. we're losing too much out the back door. But what does better mean? Well, if better means more agents, then I have to be able to articulate that way. If better means we need to be a part of the digital transformation that's happening in the company and not, not we don't find out about it after the fact. Right. Again, you've got a seat at the table as a customer service person that you didn't have four or five, six years ago. So, so if I think about that, and you are, and almost everyone here is in the contact center uh, space, it always comes back down to channels, right? Um, and this concept of omni-channel. In other words, yes, service is becoming more and more and more important throughout the journey, but at the end of the day, it's what are the channels, right? How do they sort of interact with me? So let's do a quick poll, the, the first one we'll do today, which is, um, and, and I'll look at the results here live. So, so for those of you listening in, it's um, how many channels do you use today? So we will get a pulse of the room here in Chicago. So if you guys will text to that number or go to uh, smspoll.net and in real time. So again, as simple as opening up your phone to text and texting 650-600-9016 as the two who you're texting to. So it'll just be a, like a new contact. And then if you have, if you're using one channel, that's the number that you text in. If you're using two, three, four, five, or six or more, just text in 
to the to the body of the text and then just hit send and it's going to come up on his screen and so we're getting to see what kind of we're getting kind of responses some, we some have. results the three channels is the leader in the clubhouse currently it's changing dynamically now three four and five are tied uh, there's only two people who have six plus so Bob, I've got... So who's, who's my six plus? You, come on, I don't know who you are, but you can tell me. Who's my six plus? <laughs> come on, somebody put in six plus. There we go. There we go. Five. Very end. So what six do you have? Put you on the spot. I use the internet. The internet? I use the web. Okay. I call. Okay. I chat. Okay. I use three different social channels. I counted them as three. You might want to call them one. No, you can call them three. And do, they, do you have to manage them differently? Um, a little bit. Twitter is different than yeah, Instagram, yeah, yeah. Facebook. Um, and um, walk-ins are, are something in my environment as well. I love the walk-ins because we don't count those. What, what other channels did she not say that, that people are using? I had somebody challenge me on Twitter the other day. I said that there were about 10 different or more channels and they challenged me that there weren't 10. And I pretty quickly answered there were. Yes? Mobile. Mobile? Yeah, okay. Someone said mobile. Email? Email. Slow mail. Slow mail? Like snail mail? Like U.S. Post Office? Fax. Fax. I went to a, if I said the name of the company, you would know who they are. Drug company the other day that in one of their contact centers, 85% of their interactions are via fax. You do it. Okay. <laughs> so she said she's still in the fax world also. What else? Anything else? Video. You said text. Text yeah, is a little bit different than chat. So we said mobile. Okay. Okay. So, so Bob, Omni keeps coming up, right? So it's this idea, all of these channels, and we, no one mentioned um, Alexa, right? So, <laughs> yeah. What's interesting about that? You want to, you want to be fearful for something. So there are currently two hundred. There, it's estimated by by two hundred by two. I can't talk. By twenty twenty four that there will be 275 million smartphones in, in the U.S. Smart speakers. Smartphones. Phones. Okay. 275 smartphones, million smartphones. That same year, it's estimated that there'll be 500 million smart speakers in the U.S. So all of us will have two each. Million. So on average, everybody that has a smart, I, 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 I read that and I went, that can't be true. And then I started counting it in my in my house. I have five smart speakers, and there's two cell phones, so about double. So, is that channel reality? I don't know. It's probably not today because I can't even get Alexa to play the right music because I my brain doesn't think fast as she thinks. So I can't imagine having a conversation about my cell phone bill with Alexa, but it's coming. So so. Omni just never stops. There, there is no end to Omni. There is, there's just not. Because as soon as you get the channels, the three channels that you have today, somebody's going to walk in and ask for the channels. But the question I, I always come back to, Moss, is how, how do I decide which channel 
where should I be? Yeah. You know, and, and I think whoever the marketing genius who came up with Omnichannel probably did a, a disservice, right? Because it implies when you say Omni anything, right? It's this notion of I can start an interaction in person, then go on the phone, then text and video, and all of a sudden all of them are interacting together. And I think that's been part of the distraction, right? So it's chasing that to me is, is a unicorn. You're not, you're not going to get there. But instead, it's about being smart about an intersection between where your customers are and what your capabilities are. So in, in other words, if your customers are on Snapchat, that's where they live, you've got to go meet them there. Uh, but if on the other hand, most of your customers are in email and phone calls, uh, focus there and get really, really good at it. And then some of them are starting to venture into Twitter, well, start to pick up those capabilities. I think the, the risk I see plenty of times is this idea that I have to make sure I tie up and be in all of these channels because there's two customers who are on that channel. And oh, by the way, you are terrible at that channel. Uh, and so, because you're not that good at it, you've added one more bad channel when in fact you have challenges in the existing channels that you have. So figuring out that where your customers are and what your internal capabilities are, not that you stop there, then you start trying to get good and trying to expand those, the, the, those channels. Because look, today as we sit here, email has been going on for a long time, right? Um, and social media is getting to a point of maturity. But I can't start a conversation via email with most companies and have them connect the dots over the phone. That's just email and phone calls. So to now say your game plan is to connect it over six channels seems like we're a long way from, from there, but instead focus on getting those three that you do, do them really, really well, and start to then figure out what's the next best place that you're Yeah, Yeah, John. I would suggest that there probably is an is a interesting rule for how you would uh, decide where which channels are primary. And what we find is 90% of the world wants to self-serve on just about everything. But when I then get a glitch or I have a problem, then I want to talk to someone and that would either be chat, I want instantaneous, so it's either chats or, uh, or telephone. So it's basically what's the primary channel you're interacting with people on in terms of self-service or, or figure out what those two or three are. Then say, okay, when somebody gets to a more difficult issue or something goes awry, which way are they going to go? And at that point, that tells you what your second primary channel would be. Yeah, and we're going to talk about the fact that um, the, the complexity that it creates in the agent's life right. towards the end because that is the reality that if I if I tweet at you about something and I don't get a response probably a phone call is my next answer even worse perhaps is I called you and I didn't get the right answer so I tweeted you and the super agents flew in and fixed my problem that all I wanted you to do originally was fix my problem. So what that tends to do is puts us in a situation where customers, I'll learn pretty quickly that if I tweet to Comcast, is somebody here from Comcast? <laughs> Comcast is my cable provider. 
I love Com Comcast. <laughs> in case there's somebody in the there's show somebody listening. Someone listening. So listening. I love Comcast. You love Comcast. All right. I try not to use company names, but if what I know is if I tweet to Comcast, I will get a solution to my problem via direct messaging behind Twitter. If I call them, I got about a one in 50 chance, about a 50% chance that they're gonna solve my problem. So so that may be on purpose for them, but it, it, I don't know, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's cheaper to, to deal with me on Twitter. I do know that I, that I complain, if I complain on Twitter, everybody saw it. Right. Versus if I called your call center, you just fixed my problem. I wouldn't have that problem. So I've got a theory about that. I, I think it's this old way of thinking. We There's this myth that there, there are secrets in this world, right? So it's just facts yet to be discovered is what a quote I heard, meaning nothing is private anymore. So I think there's this sense that if I'm having a phone call with you, it's private. The whole world won't find out about it. But all of a sudden you're on Twitter telling us how bad we are. Um, I think they put more resources to well, make sure those things. I'll happen. go back to that other word that I used before, the trust factor. Right. I think that we train the Twitter people, bet people better. I think we trusted them to make decisions. Right. I go back to a time in our contact center. Geez, I'm old. 15 or 17 years ago, and we were having problems with people churning in a, in a cell phone environment. And so we came up with this idea that we were going to let our agents have a higher threshold of credits, right? right? But before we did that, we trained them on negotiation skills to understand what it is that the customer really wants. Because before, they thought the customer wanted a credit. So we raised it. Uh, up to like $500 a month I, I, on, on a one-time basis. Guess what happened after we put them through training on negotiation and how to listen well and understand what the customer, our credits went down even though we raised the threshold limit. Right. So, so I think that sometimes it's about trusting the employee and we don't do that. We, we trust those social folks better more than we trust the quote unquote regular agents. Right. And so we put them in a tough situation that they can't solve. One other comment about uh, social is, so you can also listen to social in two different ways. I'm sure everybody knows this, but I can listen to my, if I'm Delta Airlines, I, I can listen to at Delta Airlines and just listen to my social channel where people are adding me about my problem. Or I can have a system that allows me to listen to anything that has Delta or Delta Airlines. And I begin to see a different, I may see a different reality uh, if I listen to the bigger conversation about Delta, not just the ones that are at Delta because at Delta may not be made to be negative or positive or may not give me the whole picture. So there's two different ways. You, you can always start with one if you're, if you're not listening to them today from a customer service perspective. So um, I, I wanna talk about uh, digital transformation a little bit. Um, I think in a conversation we had, in a show we had maybe a few weeks ago, uh, Bob and I were 
reminiscent sort of career mistakes and he's got some doozies um, on there. But um, the, the topic of Blockbuster came up, right? So um, it's kind of, I'm sure everyone knows the story, but if you sort of imagine the fact that all- How many of you are, are too young to know what Blockbuster was? <laughs> okay, <laughs> got it. Good call, next time my audience. Um, and, and I think I was telling you, Bob, about how I was on the wrong side of that whole deal. But if you sort of consider the fact that um, all they wanted to do was to be acquired by just tens of millions of dollars by Netflix, like that would have been, they could have just bought them out and just suffocated it in its crib and that would have been that. But instead, um, Blockbuster is out of business now. And oh, by the way, Blockbuster at the time, you know who they did buy? Circuit City. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also bankrupt now. Uh, so from a digital transformation standpoint, I, I think the fear of digital transformation is why our industry is getting a lot of attention now. So the reason marketing and sales and everyone really cares is because I think we're seeing this world get really digital. Finally, there's this fear of we might not be relevant if we don't get smarter about um, how we sort of think about digital transformation. So, so first off, um, let's do a quick poll here. Um, let's talk about how many of you are in organizations that are currently involved in digital transformation. By the way, on the channels question, three and four were the top uh, percentage getters. So, so this one again, same deal, text the 650-600-9016. And then for yes, uh, you know that that number there, and for no, and then I'm sure. Texting to the same company or the same text number, but you're just sending texts with different information. Okay. We have a um, ninety percent yes, ten percent unsure at the so, moment. So somebody. So I, I think I have my idea of this, of what digital transformation yeah. is. So, somebody, somebody tell me what you believe digital transformation means in your company. Come on. This is a nice room. One platform to another? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Um, using a new, like a new ERP system across the company to transform or make changes across the board. Okay. What else? Any yes. other answers? I'd say going from siloed channels to more integrated. One more time. Oh, I was saying, um, I'd say going from siloed channels or siloed uh, groups to a more integrated approach. How, how many, where, where, does it, where does it, go ahead, there's another one. Um, we, are, we are trying to rationalize all the technologies in the ERP system, CRMs into single platform to give the right, um, um, I mean, like one direction to the customer. So we are trying to do on all the backend stuff. That that is actually a digital transformation for us. But we haven't spent any any amount or any energy on the telephony or the contact center. So okay. Okay. That's why I'm here. Okay. Yes. Did you have one? Yes. So um, for us. Um, digital transformation is shifting left and trying to, um, where it's appropriate, move our customers from the high volume, um, expensive channels to the digital channels where it makes sense and 
giving them more options to interact with our agencies digitally. So, so, so that one's interesting to me, Amos, because, thank you, uh, John, go ahead. Uh, I, would, I would say it's probably putting the entire end-to-end -end customer journey on one digital platform so you can track every touch of the customer and be proactive and preventive for each of those touches. Do you find, John, they're doing that via CRMs, or how, where, where, where are you seeing companies do that? Well, I think one of the classic examples, uh, there was a huge article on it, was the Cheesecake Factory, where they have the everything from purchasing the uh, uh, hamburger to the fry cook, cooking it, uh, medium when you wanted it, medium rare, to giving you a new hamburger, to then giving you compensation, and literally they can tie all 100 million meals together from beginning to end and uh, it's all on one system. So it could either be a, a CRM system or it could, could be an ERP system with, a, with uh, the CRM component. So by the way, if you don't know John Goodman, this is John Goodman, he's speaking in a couple of sessions. He's been around this industry almost as long as I have. I don't think he'd be really? 1980? 45 years. Okay, 45 years. Okay. Wow, well, one person now. I will. I will. Older than Bob. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Interestingly enough, uh, Marianne, right? That Marianne talked about Amos is that we tend to think in the contact center space, especially, that we're moving to digital to reduce costs. Right. Right. Um, What's interesting about that to me is that marketing is moving to digital to increase revenue, right? Right? Like they they have a different mindset. They they use omni-channel, by the way, but they're talking about the ability to tie what's happening in the store to what's happening on. Yeah, I buy uh, sneakers uh, online. I can return right. at the store if I right. want. I can initiate this and and, and start. The, and, and I think if you. If you listen to all of our answers that we've given, and all of them are correct, um, it's a little bit of an inside-out view, right? So the answers are from we, the practitioners, and less about the customer. So if, if you put your customer hat on, what digital transformation means to me is there used to be a time I had to step out in the cold. I was, I'm a Brooklyn, New York native, right? And put my hands out and summon a cab, right? And digital transformation for me is I now have Uber. I can one click, off we go, right? So there was a, now I can, I, I, I just, I can do witchcraft. I can summon food uh, in seconds. That's what digital transformation is from the customer's perspective. And so for us, it's around, okay, that's what you want. Digital transformation then becomes well, that's not magic. There's a whole thing that needs to happen to ensure that whatever goods and services you do and those services sort of um, provide. So, so I think that consumer needs then drives digital transformation at large, and then by the time it hits you, it becomes then about systems, it becomes about processes, but it's, it's this constant, I'm constantly able to do some miraculous things. Digitally. So first of all, the next time we speak, we're speaking on this subject because a hundred, almost 100% said yes. they're in the middle of this. Okay. There was only a couple of folks that said they were unsure. There were no no's. Okay. So, so this is obviously a hot topic, so let's hang out here for a minute. So in my mind, in our world, digital transformation 
at least when when I'm st standing in front of a customer who's saying we want to transform our customer service or we want we're going through digital transformation in our company and we're trying to figure out what that means a lot of times it comes back to what channels are we going to use in order to support this digital transformation because if the customer is being moved to a to an online buying decision then I've got to figure out, so what's the best way to support them? Is it a phone call? Probably not, because it costs about $9. But if I can add chat to the right place in the buying experience, then I can, I can as Marianne said, I can do it cheaper. Now what's interesting about that is, even within our company at Blue Wolf, we have a, a, a lady, Katie Dunlap, who is there around e-commerce and marketing and her her role is to be the go-to-market person around e-commerce and when I talked to her about this new rollout that they were doing around uh, a, a Salesforce product I, 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 I she made this comment she said something like well service happens towards the end and I'm like no hang on a second Service doesn't happen towards the end. Service happens as soon as the customer says it happens. If I'm in the middle of placing an order and I have a question, service happens right there. If I have a question about how do I manage my credit card in the in the e-commerce, service happens right there. It doesn't happen after the buy or after the product or after the service. It happens earlier. So what that means for us is we have to be earlier in the conversation. Right. We have to be at the table earlier. And back to that customer experience world, um, we do that by, by explaining better to executives where we live in that, as John called it, that customer journey. That we live as service, we live much earlier in the, in the buy, much yeah. earlier in the customer experience than where we either used to live or where we've always lived by default. Yeah, you know, I uh, I worked in. Yeah. Okay, question. Yeah. The journey, the journey, the journey begins and ends with the customer. So based on that experience, so with the digital transformation, it's spending more time with the customer, that experience, uh, engagement with the customer. Exactly. Well, and and that's that's absolutely true. He said spending more time with the customer if you didn't hear that. But if I'm at Amazon, and, and I know that when you come to contact centers, everybody talks about Amazon, and Zappos, and what's the insurance company? The USA. USSA, USAA, because they're the utopia of service. But what's interesting about, I don't wanna talk to somebody at Amazon. And guess what? I don't have to talk to anyone at Amazon because they're digital, process is so freaking good that I don't have to talk so when I when I'm on their site I haven't caught talk to anyone but I feel that I'm that I'm satisfied right when I hang up when I look at my bill from my wife on Amazon I don't always feel that way but when, when I look at what we got a 70 pound package the other day 
that was 70 pounds of dog food <laughs> from Amazon. I'm like, witchcraft. Witchcraft. <laughs> witchcraft. <laughs> but, but that's what makes it so interesting is, is that we have to get further in the, into the conversation. And because we're talking digital, they're doing, so now I've got a customer connected to my iPhone making orders, right? So now, what does my customer service look like inside a mobile phone? Does it look like a chat window? Probably not, not very effective. Does it look like asynchronous text? By the way, if you don't, you hear somebody say asynchronous text? Because the first eight or 10 times I heard that, I didn't know what that was. Asynchronous means that I can pick up the conversation at any time where you left it off. So if I text you and say, I have a question about my order, and you say, which order are you asking about? And I don't answer you for four hours or four days, that when I answer you back, that somebody can pick up that conversation. But, but think about that. We've moved that conversation to inside a mobile phone right. because of the way we're marketing and managing our companies. And so it requires that we think differently about what digital transformation is from our world. Yeah, and, and I want to I want to get to um, some of the agent stuff and leave some, leave some time for Q and A. So, so we talk about digital transformation. We talk about it from the customer's perspective and internal, but I, I want to focus on you know the agents for a second. Um, and, and I love your comment about moving to cheaper channels and and, and those kinds of things, right? Um, but the way I like to sort of paint this picture is. At the end of the day, if you oversimplify this, is we want to move our customers to all of the simple issues, right? We want to move them to whether it's inexpensive or self-service, whatever it is. You move more and more of that back, right? We tried that with the IVR with some success, right? Some we had to force some customers, but in the end, we are. Um, you keep scraping them off. You keep right? you keep moving them. You keep moving the when is my order going to be delivered or simple yes or no questions or questions with a definitive answer. But, but what we keep forgetting though is then what's left? We still have contact centers. Uh, the contact center industry is still growing. We're still hiring more people. What the heck are these people then doing, right? So what's what then becomes left are these kinds of interactions, right? More complex, more difficult conversation. So I worry about the agent experience. I, I describe it as the cognitive load on on agents. Uh, meaning if I am an agent today, I, I, I took I took phone calls in the early nineties and I don't remember it being this complicated, right? I've got to remember, okay, did they email us yesterday? I've got to save this thing. I've got to log on to all of these systems. And oh by the way, your did they tweet us? I feel like my head is going to explode. And oh by the way the issues are no longer, I want to make a payment because we've moved all of those to self-service and, and cheaper channels. They are complicated and I've got to build rapport and I've got to be personable and all of those things and I've got to remember to click on these three systems. So speak a little bit about, um, if you're running a contact center, the people side of this, that this is all fantastic for the end customer, right? But I, I, I get the sense that we haven't spent enough time thinking about the implications about the agent because I, I think there needs to be a transformation internally, the way we think about agents, who we are, et cetera. Speak a little bit about that. Yeah, the, it's for the agent, 
the cognitive load that you talk about is also added on to an emotional uh, load because I am having to meet the customers at different places than I have in the past. So when I call in, I've already been on your website. I've already perhaps uh, chatted with somebody. I didn't get an answer and now I'm calling you. So I'm on step 14. So being able to train agents, not only to know what the 14 steps are, or the 17 steps, but to be able to effectively pick up that that interaction is now at step 14 out of a 17 step process. That's different than we used to train. We used to train to the 17 steps, but we, we and, and that doesn't mean that people didn't call us and ask questions that were step five, but you know, I, I, I remember people telling me, have you unplugged your computer and plugged it back in? Yeah. Now people just cuss you out, right? You said it. Everyone's done that, right? So, <laughs> so it's it's about hiring folks differently. Here, here here's an interesting thing about hiring. I, I was at an outsourced company recently, and I sit down with the folks that were doing the hiring, and I said, "Tell me about the job that you're hiring for, that you're interviewing for." And she could not describe that job very well. Tell me about the stresses that are that go on in the job. What does it look like to be a customer service rep? Um, the people that are hiring in your company, your supervisors have to be able to describe what the job is, but they have to be able to find people that can meet the expectations of these this cognitive load. And then from a technology perspective, we, we need to figure out knowledge. Right. If there's one thing that, um, if there's one bit of technology that you're going to explore and define and spend money on over the next three to five years, in my opinion, it should be knowledge in some format. And what I'm talking about is knowledge management and the ability to find answers, to be able to find articles that give the answer to the customer. And I believe also that there's gonna be a pretty radical uh, redefinition of knowledge via AI. We're seeing that in the marketplace where uh, AI is capable of being able to find uh, not just, like, it, knowledge today sometimes is set up to find the PDF article that's five pages long and has 72 paragraphs. What AI is going to do is allow us to go in and find in on page three, paragraph seven, added to page five, paragraph nine, here's the data that we need to put together and let me give this back to the agent in a format that they can read back, email back, or manage back. Now, we're not there yet. I, I don't know how many vendors I have. If you're a vendor and you believe you're there, that's awesome. I work for IBM, and, and if you haven't seen a Watson commercial, you haven't been watching TV, and we're still trying to trying to get to that utopia. But that's where we're going with knowledge, yeah. because what that would do is take some of that load off of that agent to be able to to have to be that. But let's also let's what what time are we what time are we through? Yeah, we yeah we've got about eighteen minutes. Left. But really, to riff on that, I I think. Um, probably one of my, you know, you have clients that you're 
some you just buy into their mission, but one of the more exciting ones is in education, right? And the quote their CEO says is that uh, we have to change education in this country. And I thought about the contacts and agents, and what he said was we can't out-obedience China or AI, and we can't out-memorize AI. And what he means by that is um, the way we sort of train agents in the past was follow this instructions and you just sort of think about education, et cetera. What it's saying is AI is going to be able to do that thing you just described, take pieces of information, it can memorize it faster than any human. And so what we need is to have people who can solve complex problems, who can take the emotional pieces, be able to quickly understand here's where you are, take those pieces of information, use AI as an assistant that is helping me do my job faster and solve really, really complicated problems. Um, and who you hire, how you train them, all of that needs to change and we can spend a whole um, uh, conversation doing that. I wanna get to some solutions in a moment, but before I, before I move on, um, as you guys, all of you are dealing with digital transformations, what are their um, uh, the sources of pain in your organization? So this would be the last poll. Um, if you think about what we've talked about, what's your chief, what's the thing you're dealing with the most? Is it people? Is it on the process side? Is it technology? Last, last question. You had to pick one. Where do you want to, where do you want to focus on? What are you, what are you struggling with? So while he's uh, while he's waiting on data, let's anecdotally. So, what's your biggest struggle in your contact center of these four or five? Or Te technology is leading by by quite a long shot. Technology is leading. Yep. So what what about technology is the struggle? This is the interactive part of the show. Constant change. Okay. Trying to keep up with the technology as soon as you get from 5.1 to 5.2 comes in three weeks later. Yes. Were you waving at someone or are you waving at me? You were waving at someone. <laughs> <laughs> that was an inopportune time to wave. <laughs> There's so much. Um, there is so much that's changing in the last two, three years. It actually changed drastically. So we also want to know, I mean, let's not try to build it for today, but where are we really need to go and how do we look at the holistic view, not as the siloed, okay, let's do this. No, let's start looking at the broader picture where the industry is moving. I think that unawareness or not, lack of knowledge um, and all these vendors are bringing all the bells and whistles. That's good, but what is the right bells and whistles for the organization to go move forward? Um, you know, I, I get nervous when any client tells me they want to spend millions of dollars on any one system today, right? Because to her point, where's the where's the marketplace going? Uh, I I think you're you're working in a lot of different platforms for my organization we are that don't talk to each other do talk in some aspect but they're just not fully integrated so so how do we tell that story better to IT 
somebody that's been successful. Has anyone been successful? And you know, we, we brought together, you brought together a, a good plan for those multi-system environments and we're able to solve them. Anybody feel like that you've got a story to tell around that? Or is everybody else? Not solved it, but you're moving in the right direction. Uh, right. We have convinced um, mass support systems that we have um, I've got associates that are using 26 different systems. 26? Uh, 26. Uh, I'm banking. So the if I, had a, if I had like one of those little ribbons, I think that's the highest I've ever heard. Have you ever heard 26? Anybody want to go from 27, 27, 27? Yeah. And they use three monitors, right? Okay. And so talking about how to get that integrated, so we're building structure to get it. As these are moments that matter to customers. They think someone has their money or the bank has their money or something's happened with it. All the easy stuff is going online. You, know, you can dispute a, a claim or a transaction online, but when you have fraud, you really want to talk to somebody. And it doesn't matter if you try to build it online, it's that human connection and someone hitting you real time. And so I think telling that story and having people come and sit with the associates and they walked away like, I knew we had a lot of systems, but I had no idea that's what they were dealing with. And I think having that on hand experience got us the support we needed. So two companies that have, uh, one I read about a long time ago and the other one I read about the other day, which most people may have already known, Zappos requires every person to spend time in their contact center as their onboarding process. So imagine that the guy who's defining those 25 systems has to sit in your contact center for a week. Um, and then Bezos um, at Amazon is the same way. You have to spend time in the contact center as part of your onboarding process. Yeah. Um, because you get that feeling. So my question to you is, uh, who have you invited to your contact center recently to spend time in your contact center? Uh, have you invited the CFO, the COO, the CIO, the vice president of sales to spend time in your contact center? Because what happens is what, what, who you want to invite is who you know is at the table making financial decisions, right? Who in your organization makes those financial decisions and have they spent time in your contact center? Because at some point in the next three years, there's gonna be a decision between, we're going to upgrade these systems, we're going to diversify and create or shrink these systems down to five, or we're going to spend money on X, whatever X is. In my case, it was it's always sales that seems to get the money, um, or marketing. But if they don't know, they can't understand. So, so I think that's that's a that's a a win. And then the other piece, what's interesting about what you're talking about with your technology, even though technology I assume is still leading, is it's really the technology followed by the fact that you can't keep your people up to speed fast enough in order for them to be effective. Right. So it's a it's a combination. Like, which one do I fix first? But. I, I definitely have to understand that the culture and the hiring and the training and the onboarding and the follow-up training, all of that needs to be designed about where I am and not what I wish I had. And, and I don't think we as contact centers 
get to spend enough time in that environment. Yeah, I, I think that then is a perceived best practice, which I like, this idea of getting people into your room. Um, another good example is um, Jessica Alva at the Honest Company. She takes phone calls um, you know, from customers herself. And so if you imagine sort of what that creates, right? You know, she's one of the founders. Well, of first Apple. of all, I'd like to know what day she's... Fridays. Fridays. So. <laughs> Fridays. Um, and, and, and so what I've, what, I've, what I've started doing is to say, even if your CI or CEO is afraid of taking phone calls, I've said... Yeah, I wasn't saying necessarily take calls. Yeah, but simulate. But invite somebody. them. Yeah, let them, with let them experience what that looks like. And then it becomes... It becomes real. It becomes tangible. I have them really um, experience it. Let's. I want to get to solutions, um, and, and so that we can wrap up and do a um, a Q and A session. So, I, I want to talk about culture. We've talked about technology a lot, and that tends to sort of dominate the um, the environment. So, first of all, I don't know what twerk words are. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new thing. You're, I take I take responsibility it's, it's, for the O instead of the. It's, it's a new thing. But I, but I want to, I, I want to talk about culture in that um, we talked about the agent cognitive load, right? We talked about all of these changes. How do you, how do you sort of impact the people side of this? So, it's it's amazing to me. Um, I believe that customer experience is is the new. And our employee experience is the new customer experience. So I, I believe that it is about whether or not the employee is giving us the right level of understanding of what they're struggling with. I think they'll tell us, right. but but we don't ask them well. We don't ask. We 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 sometimes build surveys around yeah. good results exactly. instead of real results. Well, to that point, it's always interesting that I'm sure all of you experience this. When you ask employees to give you feedback about themselves, they quickly go to the customers. Like they they start telling you all the things the customers need, and it's often difficult to get a contact an employee to go no no no. Or about the website, you. What are the things you need in yourself? Put the customer side in. Being that focused on the employee is, it can be a, a big issue. So here's what we've seen to be successful. We've seen be successful to ensure that you have the ability for them to talk to each other. Um, I've seen companies use Slack. I've seen companies use Chatter. I've seen companies use client software that's sort of like chat. But having them be able to support each other and to con connect with each other allows them to solve problems for themselves. To, uh, in, in our company, in, in my giant consulting company, the best way to find an answer about a question that a customer has asked me is to slack it to the right group and let it be crowdsourced. And the answer that I get is the best answer that I could possibly have ever dreamed of getting because somebody has worked with it before so one way to to improve that culture is to build a team of culture that we're in this together whether it's chat or slack or chat chatter or whatever it is that you build that together and then that's the providing tools for collaboration and then i, I talked a little bit about the survey aspect of it and it, it, it's about asking questions do you have the for simple 
is do you have the tools that you need in order to support the customer? Right. But it's the follow-up question to that. What would you need? What would you do differently? And then it's listening, but it, but it's also responding to it. Right. Um, I, I think there have been times in my career where I was pretty good about asking questions, but I w wasn't always good about explaining why what the suggestion was wasn't a, wasn't available right, right now, right? Right. So it, it's about being honest about those things. It, it's not for a period of time. It's not going to get any better. We're not going to go from 26 systems to one. Right. But here's the path that we have and the plan that we have based on your suggestions to reduce them as much as possible. That's communication that replies back to the to the surveys. And then the last one is fun. And I, I don't imagine that there's any contact center in here that doesn't have pizza days and um, snicker bar days and fun days. But carrot days, right? It's a, it's a healthy, it's a healthy world. No, they don't have any carrot days. There's no carrot days. <laughs> but but it's interesting. I went to a contact center in Texas, and they wanted to make in their in their vision statement, they wanted to be, they wanted to save money and have fun. They wanted to be world class, save money, and have fun. I wasn't real sure how you did all three of those, right? Because saving money can't necessarily be the focus if we're building a fun environment. But but there is a way to have a fun environment, and, and a lot of that has to do with communication. How many of you have quit really good jobs, don't raise your hands, really good jobs because you worked for a really bad leader? And how many of you have stayed in jobs that were pretty difficult because you worked for somebody that you had a lot of respect for and it wasn't just somebody that you would follow up the hill it was someone that you would go in front of up the hill so we a lot of times when I come and speak in this in, at ICMI I talk about that frontline leadership you and I talk a lot about that in the podcast that what happens in, with that relationship between the frontline leader, the frontline supervisor, and the 16 to 25 people that they have, they're responsible for, is the key to your success in your contact center. Yes, Joe. Um, I make it really quick. I only have one more minute. Yes. Uh, I would say that uh, Paul Zach has written a recent article in the Harvard Business Review that suggests two words that speak to exactly what you were just talking about, and he basically said flexibility and high recognition and there's a 0.77 correlation between those two things and I love to come to work every day and that's the frontline supervisor delivers that. Perfect. Unfortunately I have to wrap up Bob. Thanks for joining in our live audience. Uh, thank you for being a part of our show today. You know this is uh, uh, different than what you were expecting and we're glad to participate. Um, uh, one more. Well, back. So, right so we love this stuff. Um, if you have questions, you can tweet us, you can LinkedIn us, you can email us. Well, the email's not up here, so you wouldn't be able to do that. You can't. But just you can Twitter, figure it out. Twitter, and, and and LinkedIn. We would love. I would love to add you on LinkedIn. I link. I, I post about. Amos post about um, the industry. 
On Twitter, I post about the industry. Every once in a while, I'll throw in a good political or a cat video just for the fun of it. <laughs> but uh, mostly, it's about the industry. But thank you so much. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Thanks very much. And until next time, remember, the experience is either random or intentionally curated. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Curated Experience with Amas Tanuma. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll join the conversation online by visiting us at curatedcx.com or at amastanuma.com. That's C-U-R-A-T-E-D-C-X.com or A-M-A-S-T-E-N-U-M-A-H.com. And please invite your friends and colleagues to visit our website or iTunes where they can check this and previous podcasts. This has been a Beyond LLC production. Check us next time for another edition of The Curated Experience.